Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This issue is something that um, I'm going to be honest with all all of my listeners today, uh, all of Broad Green's listeners, I, I don't really know a lot about. And so artificial intelligence... And there's a tool out now called ChatGPT, and I've seen it in use. And our next guest, I hope Terry Griffith, is going to tell us a little bit more about what this tech is. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about those implications because it sounds to me like there's a lot of people really quite concerned about how powerful this uh, this digital um tech tech really is terry griffith professor uh, and holds uh, the keith Beatty chair in innovation and entrepreneurship from simon fraser university terry thank you for joining us here on the roy green show today thank you so much david looking forward to talking with you terry people can find out more about you uh, on your website yes terry is it terry griffith.com terry griffith.com that's two r's and one i and I hope to have all sorts of links that would be relevant to the discussion of ChatGPT and the other, what they call generative AI that Gen- we're all getting the chance to use. Generative AI. Well, that's that's wonderful. And I've, I'm reading, uh, I've read an article for uh, our, our, our listeners. It's uh, the title of it is Why Using AI Tools Like ChatGPT in My MBA Innovation Course is Expected. And here's the, here's the one that caught my eye. Not cheating. So, so Terry, for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about this tech and what exactly it is? Because I first heard of it on New Year's Eve. Well, it, it sort of came on in a huge rush right around uh, the break between our semesters. That's true. And so what ChatGPT in particular does is its creators from OpenAI have had it scanning massive data sets. So I think it goes at the current point up to 2021 in terms of all the training data that they were able to use. And then the thing that I think is really important for people to understand is it's not like ChatGPT is thinking like a person. What it's doing is you're asking it a question or you're telling it to do something, and it's making a prediction based on everything it has already read all across the internet and all across these other data sets, but only at the moment going up to 2021, in particular for this chat GPT tool, and then it predicts what the best response is going to be. So it's not like it's thinking, but it is doing an amazing job. You imagine if you had all of that information in your head, how you would be able to sort of predict what a great response would be to you know, write an essay about using innovation in a technology company or tell me the first five steps for being able to do long division, right? It's going to be able to kind of gather up and predict what a good answer is. But that also means that sometimes it predicts stuff that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Mm. You know, 
So I, I had it doing so, some things where I wanted it to, you know, write short blog posts and then to give me the links to appropriately reference the colleagues that I was referencing in this blog post. And the, the links looked perfect. And yet they were wow. completely made up. Made up. <laughs> so, so it's interesting that yeah. you say that it's not not thinking. Anne Shin, she's a Canadian filmmaker. She made a film last year called Artificial Intelligence. I think it's just AI. And I remember interviewing her at the, uh, I don't know what festival it was, but but in her film, she talks a little bit more and sort of raises that question about sort of what's next, you know, kind of like the 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 replicants from Blade Runner, I guess, way back in, uh, you know, Philip K. Dick's Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, for those of you who are, who are science fiction fans. But but it sounds to me like you're not, um, hmm, sounds like you're kind of embracing it. I mean, based on the title of the article and what I've read, you're really stepping into this tech and saying, sure, it's it's a tool, but it can be used wisely. Yes, and I'm going to say that I'm embracing it for two reasons. And, you know, the first one is, I'm presenting innovation material to, you know, folks who are working professionals, they're getting their MBA specifically focused on the management of technology, and then I'm teaching them their innovation core course. So we have to have our heads wrapped around this and how they can use a variety of different automation technologies in their work. And there are so many more beyond just what we see with ChatGPT. So I have to have that as part of my coursework. Or, you know, I wouldn't be doing my job. And then the other aspect of it is it can be so incredibly helpful. It can give you a head start on a writing project. It can help you identify different themes that you might not have thought of. It could help you summarize work so that then you can get on to the more creative part of the task. But all of that has to be done with a very realistic understanding of the limitations and the places where it can look like it's giving you great information, but it's not. But it's not. I remember back in the day when I was doing my undergrad degree uh, here in, in Toronto, uh, uh, one of my profs was on the plagiarism committee. And and I remember how sophisticated some students were at you know stealing other people's work, not just students, by the way, but other academics as well. Is there, I mean, there must be a pretty big concern there with respect to this. What's, what's the line from Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility, right? So with this tool sounds super powerful. How, how is it managed? How is it, hmm, I don't want to use the word policed, but do, do you know where I'm going with this? Absolutely. And, you know, in some respects, I'm so thankful that what I am doing is teaching innovation and not teaching creative writing, because I know the <laughs> right. folks who are, are right. taking on that task, I have no idea how to how to counsel them. But in my case, what I'm going to have to do, it, it is going to be a whole bunch more work before mm. I start my fall course, because I've got to completely change what I was asking students to do as their deliverables. You know, before I was saying, you know, write a report that does this with your, you know, how your organization is doing something or, you know, provide some new ideas for your organization using these concepts from the course. I'm actually going to be able to ask them to do things that are far more sophisticated than I could in the past. And I'm, I'm probably not going to be giving them assignments where they would even be tempted to try and pass off. The AI's work is their own. Mm. Uh, I I side with my colleagues who say, you know, we're not going to create 
plagiarism checkers that can keep up with the pace of how these tools are improving because they right, are improving right. at a at a crazy at, rate. A, so I'm, crazy I'm not rate. even trying to do that. Right. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the, your comment about the creative writing course. Can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, when, when these types of innovations occur, the tendency is to, I'm going to say overreact and run and say, okay, we just have to block all this. We can't, we can't use this, right? Like, you know, hell in a handbasket, here we go. It's a slippery slope. Um, I don't hear that from you at all. Well, and it, it may be because the things I write about, the things I teach about, are how we're always going to be looking at a new innovation and thinking about it in a pretty predictable way from my perspective that we're going to think about what the target is. So is my target to help my students use this tool in their work or is my target to say, I'm going to try and put blinders on them? And in this instance, no, you know, I can't do that. I have to say, I have to help you navigate how to use these new tools and gain benefit from them. And then I'm always going to also think about, well, what, what is the context that we're working at? Mm. And I do it with a, a five-pointed star where all the points on that star are connected. And I say, think about your target. Think about your time. Get those nailed down so you understand where you're going and what the situation is where you're starting from. And then start sorting out the technology and its capabilities, the talent that you and the people around you have related to these tools and what you're trying to get done. And then the different techniques. So I've got five T's on that five-pointed star where they're all connected. And I want to say there is no one right answer. You know, if I'm talking about a creative writing course, maybe I am going to say, let's think about not using this technology or not using it till you get to the proofreading stage of the work that you're doing. Maybe that's the right answer for that kind of a setting, that target of creative writing. But if I'm thinking about how do I help people be more efficient at writing new training manuals. Well, then these technologies are going to be very helpful for getting us a head start on that. Some of them can actually do what I call a double loop, where they're not mm. just doing that predicting kind of AI that I was talking about, but they could also do some searches and give us the links that maybe it drew some data from. And so, so then it's also helped me with some background. So Terry, just here's how I was introduced to it. And I, I was, uh, so New Year's Eve gathering dinner, small group, and somebody said, so have you heard of this thing? And I don't, I don't even remember what he said to me, but something like chat G B, I thought it was a G B T or something. So he's a, he's in, com in the computer world and the land world and so on. And quite, quite a sophisticated guy and thinker. And he says, check this out. And so he, he holds up his phone and he speaks into it and says something to the effect of, um, I don't know what he called it, but I guess I'm not a, a Siri user, but I guess when you talk to Siri through Google or whatever, uh, you're sort of talking to this thing called artificial intelligence. So he speaks into his phone and says, hey, can you write me code in the King, um, in King James English and uh, in a poetic form? that uh, mimics the game Donkey Kong or something like that. Like it was out of the like very nerdy stuff, really. But it, almost immediately he came back with this thing and he started, and I'm on the other side of the room and I just, I'm kind of like, what are you talking about? I mean, there's like, there's huge, and this is a huge innovation, but, but are, what, what are you concerned about? Cause that, that sounds like a pretty, pretty powerful tool to me. I, I think that was a great party 
thing to be doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> about yeah. That, yeah. Maybe we can. It was far more interesting. Oh, was it? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about if you said, what are the five most important things that uh, I need to be focused on for the next month related to how people are thinking about artificial intelligence? And it's going to go out there and it's going to do a bunch of prediction. It's going to come back in a conversational way to you. And it's going to give you some ideas. And hmm. from those ideas, you may say, yeah, I never would have thought of that one. I, I would have had a particular right. view on it. Just like when we started using Google. I mean, I certainly remember, you know, my internet wasn't very fast then. And what question do I want to ask? And I would think really hard about how to craft the the search that I needed to do. And then I would just be astounded at all the different information that came back that I wasn't expecting. And so in this instance, same sort of thing where people who are really good at writing these prompts are going to be more effective users of this technology. And they, depending on their work, and that's going to be something that I think a lot of people should be thinking about is how do I leverage these tools to do a better job than I'm able to do today? And when people say, should I be scared about my job? I say, I wouldn't be so scared about your job in terms of the technology versus your job. But if you're the kind of person who isn't going to think about how do I bring these tools along with me, just like your craftsman needs to have a great set of tools, well, you need to have a great set of tools when you take on your work. And if you're not willing to do that or at least look to see how it might help you, then maybe somebody else is. And that other person may be in line for your position. So right, right. It's not that, you know, the technology is going to take the job, but the people who are well, trying to keep up from the benefits. Right, sure. And I think, position. I think the conversation about this thing that so many of us don't know the real implications for this thing called artificial intelligence, and you've got robotics and this data, as you say, data mining, and, and the fact that we all hold a device that we could pretty much fire missiles with in our hands, you know, I mean, the things that you can do with a, a smartphone these days, it's just, it really is wild and wonderful at the same time. And where, where is it Henning? So I, I feel like, and you must think about these things all the time, you know, what, where are these innovations uh, taking us? Cause innovation to me sort of presupposes that it's a good thing, right? But not everything is, I suppose, going to be, you know, there are going to be positive outcomes. So, so, so will there be, um, a way to manage this? Do you think in the future from a, from a, hmm, an ethical perspective, is that required now, or is it just way too early to tell still? I think we want to start with the foundations we already have. You know, the first thing, right. I did, and I and I know some of my more computer science-focused people. You know, I'm a business school professor and, and focus on how you use the technology. Right. But even in talking with computer science colleagues, you know, they're very focused on how do we make sure that we have people who are already involved in ethical considerations of the things we do today. You know, they're, they're those folks. We just need to make sure we're listening to them and that we're including them as we build out new ways of using the technology. So again, my five T's, I never want to do one thing. I never want right. to just focus on the technology. But what techniques do we need? Do we have that talented ethicist already kind of hanging around with us? And then be sure that's going on. And you know, there's plenty of news stories where 
the ethicists weren't listened to, and those right. didn't necessarily go well. So didn't go uh, well. We, we want those folks involved. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.